everyone. Welcome back to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both Seth Clearwater, the cell phone of the group. And honestly, everyone's pissed off at us because we're 15 and all we can think about is Mario Kart and big boobies. And you're listening to Tuesdays After Twilight. How's it going? For us, it's been two weeks. For the listeners, it's been the normal one. <laughs> but how are you doing, Paige? I'm doing great. This The past two weeks have been a mixed bag of emotions. Um, for example, two days ago? What's today? Tuesday? Saturday? Monday? Sunday? Yep. Two days ago, I won a tattoo raffle on Instagram. So I just won a free Pokemon tattoo. I do have to go to Canada for it, but still, I won a raffle. That's crazy. Um, and then yesterday, I paid $1,100 to get my car fixed. So, you know, an ebb and flow of emotions. I don't get how your car insurance made you pay $1,100. Like, I literally ran into a pole and I got to pay less than that. It wasn't like an insurance thing. It was like an upkeep thing. So it was like like getting my oil changed, basically, but more intense because I my brakes were squeaky. So I was like, oh, I need to get the brake pads replaced. But it was much more than just that. It was brake pads and rotors and my brake fluid was corrosive. So it had to be flushed. And I know what everyone's thinking, Paige. Did you go to a mechanic that ripped you off? No, I didn't. I went to a mechanic that my funeral home uses for the company cars. And like, they're really great and they're super nice. And they know that I work for the funeral home. Like they would never do that. Like they're honest guys. My car just is dumb fucked. (laughs) You know, my brakes have been squeaky for about seven years now, but I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. My dad said it's fine. (laughs) I trust Ron. Me too. Me too. Um, what else? Anything else from the past two weeks you want to share with the group? Mm-hmm. I did get a new tattoo, which is cool. It's in the itchy, peely phase, but it looks really neat, and I love it a lot. Um, it's a Powerpuff Girls tattoo, you know, because I love those baddies with all my heart. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh, I did, in fact, put my two weeks in at Chipotle. So on April 14th, your girl's going to work her last shift at that hellscape. Hell yeah. The crowd liked that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like pretty excited. Um, What about your past two weeks? What, I know you got back from vacation and did all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. Jacob and I took a little trip to the mountains for like two days. It was nice to get away. Um, One of the days, like our our only full day there, we literally, because we got free breakfast with our room. So we literally went to breakfast, ate, and then came back and went back to sleep for like three hours. It was incredible. (laughs) Um, And we saw the Batman one of the days. Yeah, it was just like nice to have some time off. I haven't had that in a while other than over Christmas when everyone in my life had COVID. (laughs) So I was just sitting around. But yeah, it's nice. Yeah. What was it like seeing Edward Cullen as a superhero? I already told Paige this like off air, but it was so funny because the movie doesn't open up on him. It opens up on the villain. And then like a few scenes later, it goes to him. And it's just like his silhouette in darkness. And I hate to say it, folks, but I literally was like, I know that silhouette anywhere. <laughs> and sure enough, it was Robert Pattinson. I saw a TikTok of a girl was like, 
you know, I just think it's really interesting that Robert Pattinson said that if the Batman movie flopped, he would just start doing porn. And Ben Shapiro said, like, the Batman was not great. Like, I think that it flopped. So clearly someone wants to see Robert Pattinson doing porn. And it's not just me. (laughs) It's not just me. That's so funny. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. It was a little too long for me. I'm not really a superhero movie person. Like, I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies, any of them. I think I saw Black Panther. I don't know if that's Marvel. But other than that, yeah. I mean, the plot was, like, good enough that I could stay interested during the non-plot scenes of fighting or whatever. But, yeah, it was good. Um, In recommendation corner today... All I know is that Paige also has food, and I have food, but we didn't tell each other what it was. Mine? Greek yogurt. I put that shit on everything, because I love protein, and it's just the best. You can put it in smoothies, you can mix it into shit, you probably won't taste it if you get the plain kind. It's just fucking good. And I'm Greek, so rep my people. So for you, it's just yogurt. (laughs) Truly. Is there protein? There's protein in Greek yogurt? I didn't know that. There's hella protein in Greek yogurt, yeah. Good to know. There's also hella dairy, but that's that's someone else's problem, not mine. You can't win them all. <laughs> no, you can't. What's yours? My recommendation is, so I got Indian food for dinner, and I've been doing this thing at a couple different places now where I get something that I like, And then I also get something new that I haven't tried because you never know what's going to be amazing until you try it. You know, all my favorite foods were new food at one point in my life, you know. So I got my normal extra hot chicken tikka masala. So I also got hot chicken vindaloo, which I've heard of before, but I've never had it. And I tried a little bit of it when I brought it home because I just wanted to know what it tasted like. And it's very good. It's like tangy and a little, it has lemon juice and vinegar in it as like some key ingredients. So it has like a little like soury tang to it while also being spicy. And it's not a flavor profile that I've had in Indian food in the past. And I'm really digging it. So I'm going to recommend it to the Indian food fans if you haven't tried it. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, on our trip in the mountain town that we went to, we went to, it was actually a Nepalese restaurant, but I think very similar to Indian. And it was so good. You know how like at diners, they have bottomless coffee and they just bring out the pot and like top you off or whatever. They did that with chai. Hello. It was so good, too. I had, like, ten cups of it. <laughs> I, I'm envious of you. I love a, a spicy, but, like, an, not, like, a hot, like, a genuine spice, like cinnamon, you know? Yes, or cloves. Love cloves. Okay, so this week we read chapter 18 of Eclipse. What are your thoughts, reactions, feelings? I guess my number one main reaction from this is we just get more of the same but a different take on Bella's desire to monster fuck like the scene of her with Jacob as a werewolf was so bizarre for me to read I did not care for it one bit 
Um, but, you know, things are heating up. I did like to see, you know, like, the kind of like the sparring of the Cullens. I thought that was fun. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, how this is going to heat up, like how the battle's going. Also, I feel not vindicated, I guess validated, because in the first, like, three pages, all of my ideas are confirmed about what I, not confirmed, but Bella brings up my ideas and kind of what I iterated. And then um, Edward sort of says, kind of goes along with it and also says some of the things that I kind of brought to the table. So I'm like, yeah, I did guess some things right, maybe, if if it pans out that way. But I'm I just felt really good about that. Yeah, that was one of my first notes, too, of like, that was a nice theory by Bella and like similar to Paige. So, yeah, we're speaking of it took me a second to remember of the Victoria thing and how Bella thinks that she is behind the army that is coming for them. I did not care for, though. I mean, we can talk about it when it comes up. But at one point, Edward is I think he's telling Jacob this theory maybe, or just the general cons. I can't remember. But he starts to tell, talk about, like, this unknown foe. And he says he, but then he, like, glances at Bella and then adds, or she, you know, like, including her idea into it, but then continues the rest of the conversation referring to the person as he. So, um, so I'm like, do you really believe her, or are you just humoring her? He could have said they. He could have. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't even noticed that, to be honest. I always got my critical Hawkeye on Edward. You know you do. <laughs> okay. So the last chapter left off with everybody at the graduation party, and the wolves and the vampires had just agreed to be allies to defend Forks from this army of newborn vampires. And... As per usual, Bella's the only one who's stressing. Everybody else is, is thinking it's going to be just fine. And they're all planning to meet later on to talk about tactics on how to fight newborns, since Jasper so, knows so much about it. So Edward and Bella get to her house to just kind of like kill some time until they're going to meet. I think they said like 3 a.m., didn't they, or something like that? Yeah, it's super early slash late. I'm like, why is that necessary? Why can't you just do it right now? <laughs> like, I don't really get that. Whatever. Because all of the party goers might, you know, be suspicious about if all of the Cullens and the werewolves leave together. That's true. That's true. So when Bella gets home, she helps her dad go to bed because he fell asleep on the couch. And this is just like a weird little vignette that I didn't think was necessary. But I did want to say that dad snores are among the loudest sounds on planet Earth. It's true. I will also add drunken page snores. <laughs> I've never heard you snore, so there is that. I have been worried every single time I've slept over at your house when we've been drinking because when I when I am under the influence of alcohol, the apparently I like kind of like gentle snore usually. But it's like I have a microphone. I've swallowed a microphone inside of me, and it's amplified. When we went camping many months ago, my roommate and our my old roommate and I, um, I forced one of them out of the tent because I was snoring so loud, and she slept in the car. 
I mean, that's a bummer for her. You worry about the wrong stuff when you hang out with me because I have never once heard you. Um, and also, I don't think I would because I literally listen to rain sounds when I sleep. Okay, that's, that's actually validating. I won't worry about it. Because you always are worried about something that you did at my house. I'm like, there's nothing to be worried about. <laughs> In all honesty, I'm worried about something all the time. That's true. There is that. A N X I E T Y Y Y. Oh, that was good. You should record that, like, as a song. I, you know, that just popped off right in my head, and I was like, I think anxiety and glamorous have the same amount of letters, but as I spelled it out, clearly they don't. Not even close. (laughs) Take your broke ass home. So finally, okay, so basically the whole time, Edward's just trying to convince Bella that everything's going to be fine and that she has nothing to worry about. Um... Bella briefly mentions, and then this comes back up later with Alice, but I'm on page 386 right now. Um, I'll, I'll just read here in the middle. People, well, vampires and werewolves, really, but still. Okay, you don't have to clarify it. They're still people. That's not my note, but what the fuck? Okay, anyways. People I loved were going to get hurt. Hurt because of me. Again. I wished my bad luck would focus a little more carefully. I felt like yelling up at the empty sky. It's me you want. Over here. Just me. I tried to think of a way that I could do exactly that. Force my bad luck to focus on me. It wouldn't be easy. I would have to wait. Bide my time. So that's all she says for right now. We'll go ahead and talk about what Alice says later on just because we're already talking about it. But basically Alice like in an aside to Bella is like I know what you're planning. Like we wouldn't stop fighting if you died. So What do you think Bella's planning? My thoughts are, is that she's just, like, in, we find out kind of later that this battle is probably going to take place in the field where the the baseball game happened. Um, My thoughts are, is that she's just going to, like, walk in the middle of this field and be like, take me. Like, I'm here. Like, I'm, you know, don't hurt the ones I love. I'm the one that you want. Like, she just said it right there, like. I'm going to try and focus all this attention on to me because it's about me. I'm kind of like, why though? (laughs) What's the point? She, she genuinely like has no, no self concern. Like she, she's so focused on the well being of others that she like does not care anything about her own personal safety or logical thinking. But even then, it's like, I mean, Alice has a good point, because it's like, then we'd be fighting for nothing. So, like, that would be disrespectful, almost. Yeah, I didn't think about that, you know? Like, that is kind of (laughs) rude. Anyways. Okay, so finally it's time for Edward and Bella to go to the field. But right when they're getting there is when Bella kind of verbalizes this theory that she has about Victoria, which Paige and I were talking about a few minutes ago. So basically she says, like, if the Volturi were doing it, and you said this actually, Paige, you were saying if the Volturi were doing it, it would be less messy, like they'd have their shit together more. Um, And she also knows that Victoria had spent time down in Texas, so maybe she got an idea about the newborn armies from, like, spending time in the South. 
And then Edward says that Victoria, I just kind of want to read this paragraph, page 389. I still think the Volturi are most likely, but your theory, there's something there. Victoria's personality. Your theory suits her personality perfectly. She's shown a remarkable gift for self-preservation from the start. Maybe it's a talent of hers. In any case, this plot would put her in no danger at all from us if she sits safely behind unless the newborns wreak their havoc there. And maybe little danger from the Volturi either. Perhaps she's counting on us to win in the end, though certainly not without heavy casualties of our own, but no survivors from her little army to bear witness against her. In fact, if there were survivors, I bet she'd be planning to destroy them herself. Hmm. Still, she'd have to have at least one friend who was a bit more mature. No fresh-made newborn left your father alive. All that's really interesting. Basically, as Paige was saying, Edward doesn't totally buy it, but he says basically that it's possible. But I... It was interesting to have him like kind of uh, reflect on like wh whether or not she has a gift and like kind of what her whole plan is would be or or what her whole plan would be after this if it is true. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of thought it was Victoria, you know, from the start, but it's interesting to to have like those loose ends tied up that I hadn't considered in my theory. Like, this all makes a lot of sense to me. Like this this chapter kind of reiterated and confirmed in my head that i i feel more confident with my theory i think i still think that this is this is it bella is not dumb while she maybe doesn't make the best choices i think that she is good at critical thinking and she's good at analyzing and she's intuitive so i think that she's making she's making a lot of valid points and you know edward is connecting a lot of good dots here Totally. Okay, there is one little tiny moment on page 390 that I I have no choice but to drag. Why the fuck is Jasper stretching? <laughs> like, he's gonna work out. He's made of stone. Do they even have muscles? That's a really valid point. Like, like anatomy isn't a thing for you guys. Like, you're gonna be fine. And if... If they were to sustain any kind of injury, don't they heal? Yes. If they have limbs torn off, they can, like, reattach them. Like Doodle Bob. I did not know that. That. Why do you know that? Um, Just because when Edward was talking about, like, how um, when you have to kill a vampire, this doesn't actually happen in the book or any of the books, but, like, when you kill a vampire, you have to rip it apart and burn the pieces, or else it can reassemble itself. And remember when they were doing the backstory for the Quileutes, mm -hmm. and when they poked the two pieces with sticks, they were, like, trying to, like, join back together? I do remember that. Okay, that's valid. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> so, all the columns are there, and then shortly after that, the wolves show up as wolves um they don't feel comfortable showing up in their human form so edward kind of acts as like a quote-unquote translator since he can read all their minds and right as they're coming in edward says prepare yourselves they've been holding out on us um so you later find out that one is seth clearwater but like did you have any ideas on like who these new ones could be they also mentioned two random names about two that were staying back so in all honesty, I kind of thought that the reason that these extra wolves were put in there and like I 
I know this isn't a great word to use, but like in my mind, it just seemed like people like fodder, like easy characters that could die in the war that like would seem like their side sustained injuries while also allowing for all the main characters to still live, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, I'm like, it would be really easy for Stephanie to do that if there were unnamed but more werewolves. That's interesting because there's really only one that we don't know who it is. And two of the new ones are staying back, as I was just saying. The other one's Seth. Because Bella is expecting six and there's ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying my reaction immediately when I read that. Like, when I read that there were ten and we don't know who the others are, I thought, like, I can't even think of, like, three or four other Quileutes. So I just kind of figured that they were going to be unnamed or if they were named, like, no one that was going to come back up. So in my mind, I thought that they were just written in to then be written out. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now that you know, like, there's only one that we don't know who it is, do you have any theories on who that might be? I have an interesting thought, but I don't know if it's real. Proceed. Can girls turn into werewolves or it's only guys? Up to this point, they haven't said, so I don't know. Because I feel like the only other kind of named teen has been Leah. So it could be Leah. Interesting. Okay. We'll find out soon. So you will not have to wait long. Um, Yeah, really? I mean, there's not a whole lot of like, I felt kind of bad about doing just one chapter here, but it made sense with the next two as that sometimes happens. There's not a whole lot of like plot here towards the second half of the chapter. Like it's really just Jasper kind of quote unquote play fighting with everyone. It's interesting to read. I don't think it'd be interesting to listen to me be like, and then he fights Alice and then he fights Jasper. It was kind of fun to read though. There was one part in the, in the sparring that kind of, I don't know, made me think a little bit. Um, let me find it. It's at the bottom. Uh, it's after it's after the whole thing with Edward fighting him, and it comes to a tie. And let's see. Okay, so it's at the bottom of page three ninety seven. Everyone took turns: Carlisle, then Rosalie, Esme, and Emmett again. I squinted through my lashes, cringing as Jasper attacked Esme. That one was the hardest to watch. I think it's really interesting to look at Bella and Esme's relationship because we know we've seen her relationship with her own mother and how uncaring her mother seems a lot of the times. And in comparison to Esme, who like literally at the very beginning of this chapter, like kissed her on the cheek and like is literally risking her life to fight in this war for Bella's safety. And Bella clearly like cares about her so much and is like, like she I feel like we hear a lot of language of her like wanting to like keep Esme safe and um, that she's quiet and she just she wants the best for Esme and this and that. Um, 
so I just think it's interesting to see that, you know, Bella's Bella's compassion and caring attitude for mother figures extends to Esme, but I feel like it's almost like even stronger in a way at times. And I feel like it's because Esme gives her something that her own mother doesn't. I could totally see that being the case. Yeah. That's an interesting observation because she's just so like exactly what you would want a mother to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't really know a lot about Esme. I mean, we know her backstory a little bit and uh, she's in the books every once in a while, but like she doesn't really have a lot of I don't well, screen time, I guess, is the the phrase that I'm thinking. And, you know, what we do here, she just seems like a really nice person. She just seems very compassionate and loving and motherly, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I did like that Alice technically like beat Jasper. I was like, baddie. I also want, on that note, baddie for sure with her freaking eyes closed. But at the beginning or like towards the middle when the werewolves start to show up, um, Alice talks about that she can't, she can't see how anything is going because the werewolves are coming. And since they're like in the area, it, 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 it disables her, her abilities how was she able to win this fight then? The mechanics of Alice's visions have never made much sense to me. How I interpret it is she can't see things that are affected by the werewolf's decisions. This has, they have nothing to do with this. I think that's also why she can see like where, what direction the army will be coming in because they're going to do that regardless of the werewolves. They don't even know they exist. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I try to make sense of it. That makes sense. I, in my mind, I just assumed it was like a proximity thing. No, I think it's that she literally, her power doesn't work on them, I guess. That makes sense. Um, Jasper and Edward tie. Jasper easily beats Emmett because he's too obvious. <laughs> so wholesome. <laughs> Um, there is, like, a little bit of fighting between Rosalie and Jasper in the movie, which I like. Even though her hair, her wig in that scene, if y'all know, you know, it's bad. Does she, does she, like, lash out like this? Not that I can remember. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. I was like, oh, I think I remember this from the movie, but clearly I don't. Recovered memory. <laughs> okay. So whole time the wolves are just kind of sitting there and observing. Um, Bella thinks that they're probably learning a little too much, which is probably true, because if they ever have to fight, now they know how each of them fights. But um, finally it comes to an end as the sun is kind of coming up, and Jasper says that they're going to do the exact same thing tomorrow, and Sam, through Edward, says that they'll be back. Before they leave, um, they decide to try to... Like, basically, they decide to smell every one of the Cullens so that they don't confuse their sense with other vampires later. Paige is shaking her head. It's, like, unnecessarily, like, I don't I don't know why I interpret this, interpreted this as somewhat, like, sexual. I don't know why. It's just, like, weirdly, like, intimate. <laughs> I don't agree, but I, I mean, I support you. <laughs> I think intimate is more the word that I was looking for rather than sexual, but like it, 
I get why they're doing it. It's just gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the the cause of the awkward as hell scene between Belle and Jacob. So maybe that's part of the reason. Um, I don't know. Do you want to just talk about it since you had such a strong reaction? Well, they're all just like, you know, like s- smelling. And then he, she Bella describes, you know, there's like a sandy colored wolf that she hasn't seen before. And that Sam is like all black and, you know, the looks. And then, of course, the big, tall, almost as big as Sam, russet colored, beautiful werewolf shows up and stands in front of Bella. And he, he like looks at her and then sticks his tongue out in like a silly goofy way that like you can see his teeth and he looks ferocious but Bella knows that he's harmless because he has that quirkiness that only Jacob has and then she like she puts her hand like she's like when you're when you're petting a dog and you like scratch like almost like their jowls like the backs like underneath their ear but their cheeks and she's describing that his fur is soft but tough and he leans his head in her hand and they're just like staring into each other's eyes keep in mind the other nine werewolves and all of the cullens are just standing there watching them in silence and then he licks her face, which is gr- like from chin to hairline, I think she says, which is disgusting um, in its own way. Like just like that much dog saliva is gross. But then if you take into consideration that it's like also like a kiss, quote unquote, gross. Um, and then, yeah, like I think that's when Edward kind of bops in and is like, it's time to go. We got to go. And I'm like, yeah, we do got to go because I hated every second of this. I hated every second of you retelling it. I mean, you did a good job, but I was so uncomfortable. It was, like, is that scene as awkward in the movie as it's written in the book? I feel like it's not because I don't really remember it. And I feel like if it was really awkward, I wouldn't remember it. I'm trying to picture how they recorded. If if this scene is, like, actually in the movie, like, how did they even do the werewolves? Because I'm sure they're all CGI. They're not real. Like, how do you, how do you, as an actress, how do you pull that off? But then also, like, how do you, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, I'm asking these questions as if you know the answers to them with all of your behind-the-scenes cinematography knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I remember vaguely some movie out there existing where people wore these green suits. And I feel like it was Twilight. It might have been, but I also am not positive that it was. But basically, like, they were stand-ins for the CGI, and they looked ridiculous. And I feel like I have a picture in my head of Taylor Lautner wearing one of those, but I also could have made that up. I'm going to Google it right now. (laughs) Okay. Also, side note, I'm writing a petition for the world in general to collectively abolish the word jowls. Was it? Oh my god, I was right! Okay, they're gray suits. But I was kind of right. She's literally petting his head in this picture. <laughs> Man, I did remember that. Wow, that was that was a recovered memory. <laughs> I'm losing it. Paige pulled up like a side-by-side of like the actual movie with the CGI wolf. And then also Jacob in the gray suit. <laughs> Bella petting the head. Can you imagine how awkward that must have been? 
That's what I'm saying. Like trying to film something like that, where it's like you're acting with nothing and it's going to be something when the movie is produced. I'm sure that takes such skill to pull that off, you know? I feel like it takes more skill because she's not acting with nothing. She's acting with one of her co-stars literally in like a bodysuit and acting like a dog. It also makes me think of um, the live action Scooby-Doo movie. The second one, there's a whole, I'm sorry that this is the second episode in a row that I'm bringing up Scooby-Doo, but there's a whole dance scene in that episode where Scooby-Doo is dressed up in a like a disco outfit and he's walking on two legs and he's disguised quote unquote he literally has a dog face but he's disguised as a person and they him and shaggy go undercover in this dive bar of all villains and they do this whole dance number to i don't know who sings this song but it's like thank you for letting me be myself again it's a whole thing and I saw behind the scenes of them filming that and it's literally a guy in a green, you know, jumpsuit. And then he has this huge Scooby head that's propped up on his shoulders above his head to like get the measurements right for when people do the CGI. And it looks absolutely ridiculous. I mean, even more proof that Kristen Stewart is a good actress because... The fact that she pulled that off at all, I would have been laughing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. I for I am forever changed. I was one of these people back in the day who was like, Kristen Stewart, such a bad actress. Like she did such a bad job in Twilight. First of all, I never seen the movie. Why would I make that judgment? Second of all, now from reading the books, she is not a bad actress. That's the literal character. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so for people, I mean, everyone who's listening to this podcast clearly likes Twilight. So I know that this applies to none of you. But I, if if you talk shit about her her acting in Twilight, I will forever defend her now. Good. She needs more defenders out there. Wasn't she literally nominated for like an Oscar for her Diane Princess Di movie? Probably. I heard she did amazing. Yeah. Rock on, Case Do. I did see a TikTok of her walking down a red carpet and you could hear the person who's recording be like, I I'm going to, I kind of want to say it. I don't know. Maybe I should just feel it in the moment if I want to say it or not. And then you see Kristen Stewart start walking by and the girl recording goes, Kristen, the lesbians love you. And she, Kristen Stewart goes sick and then keeps walking. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Send me that if you find it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So after this horrible scene that Paige just described, um, Edward and Jacob are having a conversation. Like Edward's talking. Jacob is obviously in wolf form. So he leaves to change back into a wolf and put on pants, which thank you, honestly, for doing that. And he, he comes back and basically they want to discuss like what they're going to do with Bella during the fight. So they kind of go back and forth. Jacob says that she should stay in La Push. That's where Charlie's going to be with Billy. But that um, Edward doesn't think that's really a good idea because she like she has trails going there. And so like the army might intercept that and go there instead. And then 
Finally, they decide that Edward will hide her, like, somewhere in the mountains, but Jacob's gonna, like, carry her there so that her scent is, like, not distinguishable because, like, to vampires, the werewolf scent is, like, very repulsive, so they wouldn't even want to, like, go near that trail. And also, um, they're gonna have Bella leave a false trail in the clearing, like, to the clearing that they're gonna have the fight in, so that the newborn army thinks, like, oh, this is perfect, she's here, like, we're, we're right where we need to be, or whatever. Jasper even has a moment where he's like, what if she was actually in the clearing? <laughs> and Edward's like, no. <laughs> I, this is so, like, chaotic neutral or chaotic good of Jasper. Like, I know what you're getting at, but come on, dude. <laughs> come on. I would argue that it's chaotic evil. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, and then after that, they decide that they're leaving Bella with a quote-unquote cell phone, a.k.a. Seth Clearwater, because they don't want him to fight anyways, because they think he's too young. But he's being stubborn, so they're like, oh, it'll be great. That's like a little task you could do. So, Yeah. The last couple paragraphs are corny as hell. And since Paige and I had to suffer reading them, so do you. Here we go. It's a good idea. Edward seemed reluctant to admit this. I'll feel better with Seth there, even without the instantaneous communication. I don't know if I'll be able to leave Bella there alone. To think it's come to this, though. Trusting werewolves. Fighting with vampires instead of against them, Jacob mirrored. Edward's tone of disgust. Well, you still get to fight against some of them, Edward said. Jacob smiled. That's the reason we're here. What kind of fucking 2000s, early 2000s sitcom ass writing is this? Come on. <laughs> there are some things that Stephanie excels at. And there's some things that she just, just she just doesn't. And this is one of those things. So uncomfortable. I really just feel like she, and you know what, this is relatable, um, but I just feel like she doesn't know how to end a chapter, like, as we sometimes all don't know how to end an essay, so she just, like, this is, like, the equivalent of, so, yeah. <laughs> my, my tactic for ending an essay was always to try and make a pun, which I think that our AP lit and lang teacher sometimes really enjoyed, but most of the time did not like. <laughs> Maybe something that she could consider in the future. Yeah, think about it, Steph, for when you write these awful sequels you're planning. Yes, we know about them. Paige doesn't, but I do. And I don't approve. <laughs> I Can I know what they are, or is it spoilery? It's very spoilery. Okay. So, no. <laughs> Next week, we're back to two chapters. Um, so it's chapters 19 and 20. Their names are Selfish and Compromise. Well, let's hear your predictions. Okay. I, I have a guess, but I think it's a recovered memory from the movie. So... Okay. I don't know if this is, like, cheating, but I'm just going to say it. When I read that Seth was going to be with um, 
with Bella, I was like, I really thought that there was this awkward camping scene where Jacob and Edward were in a tent with Bella. And it was just like filled with awkward silence. It was just like all around awkward. I just remember a lot of like broody staring but I, I just didn't know why they were camping together. And I think I brought this up in a past episode where I was like, don't they go camping together? Don't they go on a camping trip? So my thoughts are, is that selfish is going to be Bella being like, I don't want to be alone. Not with Seth. I need my boyfriend. And then compromise is that Jacob is going to be like, wait, no, what about me? And then they're like, okay, Edward can go, but Jacob has to go too. Okay. All right. Interesting. So you think the fight is imminent? I think so. I mean, at least like, at least the deciding of it, you know, like, like they just decided the plan. It's going to happen in like a week, I think they said. So the, we know that the fight is like a week away anyways. So it's already pretty imminent. So I think that this, like, if it's not, you know, like the next few days, it, this could, this all could take place in like one day, you know? That's what, I, that's basically why I asked because Twilight, like there's like 20 chapters that are all like two days. So <laughs> you're thinking it's going to happen in the next couple chapters is what I was asking. Yes. I mean, we don't really have that much left of a chunk of the book, but like it's going to happen pretty soon. Okay. All right. Alrighty. I honestly don't remember. I think I did socials last time, maybe. I think you did. Alrighty. Hit them. All right. We had so much fun in our Patreon event this past weekend. Paige is lying. It hasn't happened for Paige and I yet. By the time you guys hear this, it will have, but she's a damn liar. Shh. Shut up. <laughs> if you didn't get a chance to to, you know, to hang out with us, you know, you can still hit us up on our socials and we can we can chat and have a good time. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Taft Pod. If you want to send us memes or, you know, just general fun, you can hit us up on Tim Timblr. You can hit us up on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. And by the way, we got a very nice message from Tom earlier today. Um, who, which one of us talked about Yosemite Sam? I honestly do not remember. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Tom is a while back in our episodes, as he was mentioning to us, but it was me because I said like Elmer Fudd, but then I was like, that's not right. And then he solved it for me, which I appreciate. Yes. Thank you, Tom, for solving that mystery. When, when you brought it up, I vaguely remembered that we talked about it, but I, cu I couldn't even guess as to why we were talking about it, to be quite honest. Also, the fact that that episode name is Kerplunk, I remember choosing the name Kerplunk, but again, have absolutely no memory of what that's about. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk to us there, those are that's our handle for that. Um, if you want to send us any emails, chat with us, our email is twisdaysarefortwilight at gmail.com. If you want to be in our next Patreon event, which is going to be because Hulu added all the Twilight movies. So we're planning on sometime in the future watching Eclipse with the patrons. So if you want to do a Hulu party and, you know, watch some of this, all of these fun things, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. And also, if you want to be in that, and also if you want to support a really, really great cause and know that your money is going to 
towards something really awesome and helpful. You can help support the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground at www.mthg.org. Beautiful job, as always. What are your parting words? Do not, and I swear, do not put Q-tips in your ears. It's really bad for you. You're telling me you don't? No, I don't. The little, like, the the little cottonies accumulate in your ears, and it can cause ear infections and, like, clogs. I have my own way of cleaning my ears, but it involves liquid. It doesn't involve sticking an object in my ear. I'm sorry to say, this is going to be one of those things that we fight about. I'm sorry to say, but you are declining yourself of one of life's greatest pleasures. Maybe that shit gets stuck in my ear, but it is so satisfying. (laughs) I just like, I'm scared of puncturing my eardrum. And also like the ear doctors say not to do it. I mean, they also say not to eat cookie dough, but it's like, come on, I'm going to eat the cookie dough. Also, I've been doing it multiple times a day, at least once a day since I was like seven years old. So (laughs) I guess, listeners, if you want to take the risk, you do it. But if you want a non um, non object way that is still satisfying and cleaning your ears, hit me up. I'll give you some info. Sorry to yell at you. I just, I've been doing a lot of babbling, so I figured I may as well give a tip. Yes, it's so funny. Also, it's so funny to me, but also bad for this podcast that your laugh is silent, because lots of times when I'm editing, I'm like, oh, Paige didn't laugh at this joke. And then I'm like, wait, she probably did, and you just can't hear it. So Paige laughs at my jokes, people. That's our real parting words. I had a coworker who said that my laugh sometimes sounds like when you spray a Windex bottle. (laughs) That's actually true. (laughs) (laughs) all right that's enough we'll see y'all next week for chapters 19 and 20 of eclipse bye bye our amazing intro and outro music was performed by danny plowman and produced by alberto beltran you can follow danny at danimal6 and that's six the word not six the number danimal6 underscore on instagram